Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Good morning. Question. Isn't it a great day to be in the house of the Lord? Just amazing to me. I say to people, I'm going to church on Sunday. What? what? The church? Where? Well, you just ain't looking too hard. You know, and people are always, oh, hey, look, we're trying to have church. We're safe. We still love God. Oh, all right. Pastor gave me the call seven o'clock yesterday morning. Mariano Rivera out of the bullpen. Like like I would ever tell him no. I just say yes and then scramble. So I did. I dusted a sermon off from about three years ago um, because I didn't have anything else. But also, I think it's appropriate for. Uh, just kind of what we're dealing with today, you know, and uh, um, just as the new year starts rolling in, we're all, you know, thinking about what 2021 is going to bring, right? Um, it says in Isaiah, um, let's see, where am I? 714, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose the good, the land thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both their kings. So Isaiah wrote this prophecy uh, about 740 years before Christ was born. There's two prophecies right there. One is talks about the Assyrian captivity, which happened after that prophecy too. So promise made, promise kept. You know, people try to refute the Bible a lot, and I, I, I kind of have a hobby of listening to apologists and people like that, and they... Sometimes I don't understand what they're saying, but most of the time I do because it's reasonable. So our belief is reasonable um, because God, the Spirit of God, confirms in our heart and confirms with our soul that, you know, what he's saying is reasonable. 740 years, words are written, verifiable words. It happened. Hallelujah. So 
Our, our faith is credible, but what I'm going to talk about today is uh, I'm going to talk about a reset. Because, right? Yeah, everybody's got their computer um, that something goes wrong and Control-Alt-Delete. Just reset it. And somehow, magically, it all the errors that you made go away. Well, Christ was a hard reset for us, right? When Christ came, you got to think about it this way. For In between the last prophet, correct me if I'm wrong, and Christ, there's about 400 years there. 400 years. Our country's not even 400 years old. So think about where those people's minds were not hearing like they were so used to directly from the Lord. Also, they were under captivity in a lot of in a foreign country. I mean, by the time Christ got on the scene, the Romans, I think the Romans were in charge. And uh, so when I read the Bible, I, I kind of want to climb into what was going on. I want to get the context because then you can really start to see and feel, you know, what's really happening. And think about just the youth of our country now and where it's gotten from. And just over the last 50 years, 60 years, how much more secular our society's gotten. Right? And and this... This pandemic has caused us to kind of think about our just uh, freedoms. Like, whoa, wait a minute, you never would imagine. In America, stop it. But it's something that we need to be concerned and, and think about, right? So we had a reset. 9-11 was a reset for America, right? And what did we do? We decided that, you know, we need to pay a little more attention to security, I think we stopped, but, you know, we started doing that and doing some other things. But this was a reset of the world. And um, what's interesting to me is I got a little bummed out, a little depressed. Um, I think the mask make my blood pressure go up. I get anxiety. But then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, God's so gracious and so awesome and so thoughtful that he pokes me in the head, and he says, Vern, you ever think about what I'm doing? I mean, you know this much, Vern. I know this much. You know? So the fear of what we don't know, we can't allow that to permeate us and paralyze us, right? Because... What's God doing? What's God doing in this reset of our lives, of our thinking? You know, resets happen when debilitating mistakes are made. We just talk about our entire government. Um, when your attitude has been contaminated. And, and and not being able to come here and eat and fellowship it opens us up. You know, this is an anesthetic for us. So for me, it's in a church, the Bible, 
God's word, other Christians, you're an antiseptic for me. You know, keeps that, that contaminant from just infiltrating me like gangrene and I don't want to have to cut off a limb. Um, when hurt happens, a lot of people have had hurt this, this time of year. Family members that prematurely went on to heaven. You know, totally unexpected. And scary. It's scary for people that have some of the comorbidities that it's like, wait a minute. It's causing a lot of anxiety, right? When your old ways don't work. How many of you had to change a routine? Change something that you really, you know, just cruising right along, you know. All of a sudden, boom, got a flat, two flats. (laughs) You know, so... Old ways don't work. Some of us have to make some very uncomfortable changes, right? When your life becomes too complicated. That happened to me last year. I woke up from that bad dreaming, uncomplicated myself. But, you know, things need to be manageable. And when good habits are neglected, I'm so mad they closed the Y. Oh. I got to get a new habit. When wise instruction has been ignored. And this is where, for me, I hunker down and I kind of shut people out, shut things out. Don't want to hear this or that. I got to be careful about that. You know, we don't want to get trapped in our own heads, right? We want to have God there mediating, massaging, and informing us of what he's got to say to us. Who believes that the Lord talks to us? He talks in our spirit. You know, you believe that? Firmly? And also the last one, um, when you grow complacent or stagnant. That's a tough one right now because we're very limited. I don't gamble, but I like to dress up. And I got a really nice suit for New Year's, and I'm going to the casino because my daughter works there. But, but I, that's a routine. Me and my wife like get dressed up and go out and paint the town, you know. Um, so those little things, you know, I was really anxious because I'm like, there's nowhere to go. Where are we going to go? <laughs> so those are times when these are just some things that come about for us. When Jesus came, not only was he a fulfillment of a prophecy, but most people didn't even know the prophecy, believe in the prophecy, or even, you know, he didn't come, I mean, the shepherds and the magi, and they were just smart guys. They'd just been reading some stuff. They're like, hey, I see a star. Hey, what about this prophecy? Let's go check this out. But what it did is those men went out and talked about Jesus in their perspective countries. So when I talk about thinking about what God's doing now, what's God doing? Because Jesus came at a time when they wanted a military leader. They were in bondage. They're like, yeah, he's going to come. Barabbas tried it. He got nothing for his trouble. But 
Jesus came in a time when people were just kind of, the Jews weren't really, they were just a band of people. You know, they weren't strong. They were feeble. They were captives. But what Jesus did, he ministered to the people. He didn't go to the Sanhedrin. They knew him. He knew them. They couldn't mess with him. He knew his stuff. Right? So generally they were just a little embarrassed every time they encountered him because he called them on their stuff. You know, he was cool about it. But I talk about this because that's the way we need to be. Because one shocking thing happened this year that I grew to understand and I try to be a conscientious person, but I realize that there's a ton of people out there that don't think like I do. And some of them are my friends, you know, people I know. And I'm like, I mean, there's some things that are, uh, I just, but then I started looking around. I look at our education system. I look at the, what we consume. I know people, and I'm sure you know people who haven't read a book since they either graduated high school or college. Not a single book. We have to feed ourselves. God demands it of us that we stay engaged in life because he has a destiny charted out for us. He has an individual program for each one of us that There are six degrees of separation from the person that I might touch, that you might touch, that they might touch, that that might be one of the greatest evangelists ever hit the face of the earth. There are young people that need mentoring. And there's a lot of people that need to learn how to have a reasonable conversation with somebody they disagree with. We as Christians should be able to do that. If a person's unreasonable, just stop talking to them. That's all you can do. But I'm saying this reset can have a lot of value because there's a lot of people coming to the Lord right now. There's a lot of hopeless people when they finally realize your government cannot save you. They cannot make you feel better and they cannot give you the hope that you need because we need a future hope. Right? I got kind of this weird thing about death, right? Well, it's going to happen, whatever, it's going to happen, but I don't want to go in a really horrible way, terrible, but (laughs) take me, Jesus, but I believe in God, and I believe in heaven, and you guys have heard me say this before, it's just ludicrous to me to think that we are here by some cosmic accident, and we have no value whatsoever, and we have no hope for our future. That's just crazy to me. I'm sorry. I'd rather be a crazy Christian and think that, yeah, I'm, I have some value. And this fantastic body frame that God gave me, the soul that he gave me is, is eternal. Right? We're all superheroes with very limited powers. We have the power to go to heaven. And we got the power to work for the Lord. I'm so far off of my sermon, it's not even funny. 
<laughs> These are some things that uh, initiate a reset from God. And once I started looking at it with a spiritual set of eyes, you know, taking off those worldly glasses and looking at it from a spiritual set of eyes, I'm thinking, you know, this happens a lot throughout history. There have been resets throughout history. You know, 2008 was a reset. Now is a massive reset, and we need to arm ourselves with understanding, with thoughtfulness. Let's be really good Christians. Let's pick out two or three things in our personality, in our habits, something that we can say, you know, I can do this better. Because that's where most of us are. I look around this room, and I, there's some solid Christian people in there been walking the road for a long time. You know, instead of a reset, we're needing, uh, uh, what are those, updates. You know, get those updates on your phone, you know, bug fixes and all patches and need some patches, definitely. But, you know, those are the things we're working on. So dispense with the guilt and the shame and all that other stuff that plagues us, plagues me. Dispense with that because you're saved. You're saved. We're just human. Perfection's on the other side of the veil. We're just striving to be better Christians, right? Striving to be better every single day. It's letting me leave a lot of stuff, angst, things that I shouldn't even be worrying about because I can't control them. Like, I voted on the Thursday before the election, and then I quit talking to people, and I quit watching the news. It's over. I did what I could do. There's a lot of things in life that we need to do with that. Some have to do with our children. You know, they're going to do what they're going to do at a certain point. At some point, you just got to let them go and do their thing and be there to pick up pieces. That's the way God is with us. He lets us do our, trust me, he let me do my thing a lot. I wish he wouldn't. I wish he was a little harder on me, but he lets me do my thing. Then he picks me up and he brought me into this beautiful triage known as People's Church and Pastor and Grace nursed me back to health. That's what we do for each other, right? do for each other that's what we're doing right now and i would like to chastise some of you that absolutely just do not know how to reach out for help for a friend for somebody to talk to we're a family i've known some of you for a long time right We need to know each other, right? We need to know each other. We're a community. That's what church is. It's a community of people who care about each other, and we're all different, and we're all a little weird, and we all need to know each other so we can kind of just be like, yeah, yeah, I know that dude. He's okay. He doesn't mean any harm. You know, giving ourselves, giving each other some grace, but also growing. Right? 
Y'all are quiet. I need some energy. Come on. I guess I'm a little, little down too. Um, so just some characters in the Bible. And when we talk about resets that, you know, Jacob, you know, Jacob wasn't the most awesome guy in the world. But, you know, did the best he could with what he had. Had a little family issues, you know. There was some dysfunction going on there. Can I get amen? <laughs> a little dysfunction. A couple of screws were not quite right, but hey, God wrestled with him and changed his name. Yeah, God reset him. Boom. He walked with a limp for the rest of his life. Thank you, Lee Jesus. I'd rather limp into heaven than not go at all. Right? So God touched him. But Jacob didn't change 100%. He wasn't perfect when he left this world. He was still griping. <laughs> if you read in there, he's griping. But, uh, you know, uh, Moses killed somebody um, 40 years in the desert, herding sheep, prince of Egypt. God reset him, but you know, uh, and then Peter, brutal, right? What happened to Peter was brutal. I mean, wow, Christ, this is what you're going to do. That's like Michael Jordan saying, I'm going to go this way, that way, spin around, and then I'm going to dunk in your face, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, Jesus just told him, this is what you're going to do. And like, not until the third one was out, he's like, oh, oh, (laughs) doggone it. But. It's Jesus. He knew what was happening. So, but he brought him back. And he also confronted him with the denials. Let that go. That just didn't go away. You know, sometimes if somebody violates us, we need to decently and lovingly know they did. Because you know what? Sometimes they don't know. They just do what they do. And I'm really getting bigger on about communication especially within the body of Christ. We need to learn to talk to each other. We need to learn to get past some of our little quirks and idiosyncrasies and really care about that person. Maybe I can be stronger and go just a little extra mile and extend a hand and say, hey, that's okay. I love you. So that's not going to be a big deal between us. You know, let's do some of that stuff. Let's change 2021. Let's strive to be stronger, better, more mature, more decent Christians. Start the nicest person you know, if you can. I know some of y'all's kind of got vinegar in your veins, and you know it's rough. But just try. Be nice to yourself. I don't know about you guys, but I abuse myself more than I abuse anybody else. I'm always kicking myself in the head. My wife's like, what are you going to preach on? I said, well, baby, you know, I can run my mouth 30 minutes on about anything. You know, <laughs> so I'll be okay. I don't have to stress about this. Number one, I'm with family, so if I preach a terrible sermon, you guys aren't going to say anything, right? <laughs> You'll spare me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Grace, not you. You're my biggest fan. So none of those guys were perfect, Right? But God used them, but they had to do something, right? Wrestle, roast in the desert, and pass through his humiliation on the other side. 
So, but there are some, there's only a few perfect guys. Daniel, I don't think there was anything he did, right? Um, Joseph, Joseph took a lot of shots on the chin. Um, And Enoch, he was just awesome, so God took him. There are some people out there like that. I won't say anything, but I'm not one. I have a mass of imperfections that God is slowly perfecting in me. Right? And it's okay. It's okay. There's no perfection here until we get on the other side. But we will strive. As Paul say, I will run the race to win. And I've been lazy. I'll confess, I've been lazy. This, our lifestyle makes us lazy. The culture makes us lazy. It does. We have to fight for ourselves. And it's so hard, but it's so necessary, church. It's so necessary. We are being infiltrated on all sides. This reset is a spiritual reset. It's a spiritual battle. It really is. The secular left is really coming at us guns a-blazing. You know, and if we had to wake up. All this stuff happened while we were sleeping. I confess. I was looking at my wife the other day. We were watching TV. Some commercials came on. I said, look there. I said, babe, we're irrelevant. They don't even market to us anymore. (laughs) I don't even know what some of the stuff is, but... We have to understand that we are otherworldly. Number one, we need to get to know Jesus. What he did, what he was doing, and what he told us to do. Right? And get to know how fan-freaking-tastic he was. You know, fantastic example for us because that's what we needed right i mean in the in the first covenant with moses god gave rules for living he gave them morality there was none of that people did what they wanted to do and they were savages get some perspective on the scriptures understand just how amazing what jesus did was the time which he lived in what he knew was going to happen actually happened. Right? These are prophecies. So many people will tell you you can't believe the Bible. They'll tell you that there's discrepancies and all this other stuff. I've read the research. The Bible is true. Do your own research if you have any doubts. But don't go running around talking about, I just feel it's true. People are going to crush you. They don't care about your feelings. The fact is the Bible's true. Right? The fact is the Bible's true. And, and, and I can speak with passion, and I can also speak with grace about it. You don't have to believe it's true. I believe it's true. Jordan Peterson says, uh, well, I'm not sure. I'm not a Christian, but I don't know if God is there or not, but I'm just going to live my life as if he is there, and I'm terrified of him. Be a good person. Be better. And one day you'll get saved. Right? Because you'll find, okay, I was a great person my whole life, and then I've got nothing. 
All right. Where are we at? I got a lot of time. <laughs> um, your attitude is contaminated. So um, the first one, Jonah. Jonah was a racist. He hated the Ninevites, and the Ninevites deserved to be hated. You know, they used to sacrifice children, do all kinds of crazy stuff. Not not a very great people. But um, what's there no room for in the Bible? R- racist? What's so funny is, I want to know God like Jonah knew God. God spoke to him. And God saved him even when he was being a jerk. And... God still used him even though he was a racist, right? Because Jonah knew God was going to do something great for Nineveh. And he hated those people so much, he said, they don't deserve you, God. God's like, guess who meets out justice? That'd be me. Right? And Nineveh got what was coming to him later on. Um, Elijah, one of the greatest prophets there ever was, right? Elijah, you know, he does this fantastic miracle. I mean, bam, he's, man, he's killing it. He's clowning those, those guys, the prophets of Baal. You know, maybe he's sleeping, maybe he's using the bathroom, you know. <laughs> and, but right after that, you know, he got, he got low. He got tired. Right? He wasn't taking care of himself. And he started to believe a lie. He, he got, let fear contaminate him fear gripped him because it just doesn't make any sense to me you just defeated all these prophets you saw god come down and call him a fire and you're scared of this lady that's us right that's us simple stuff and, ah, we can just find ourselves in the grip because maybe we weren't taking care of ourselves with some other areas and our health mental health slipped a little bit Or, worse yet, we weren't talking to anybody. You know, we weren't asking for somebody's advice or somebody's input. And say, hey, what are you scared of? Let's talk about it. And then the Lord comes in between the two of you. He settles your heart, settles your spirit. Jesus is so good. He's so kind. I mean, I, I, I would tell you, Beginning this January, read through the Gospels. Read about Jesus, what he did, what he said. Could you imagine being imbued with all the powers of the Creator and then suspend them out of obedience to what you were sent here to do? What amazing character. You know, what an amazing will. You know, sometimes we can just blow that off. Oh, well, he was God. No, he he kind of his Godhead so he could give us a real human example that it can be done. We can live in obedience to the Lord. We can embrace the future that God has equipped all of us to have. We just got to get fog of... Uh, you know, first world problems. You know? I don't know where that came from. And um, Paul and Barnabas had pointed out that their 
the people had poisoned their minds against them. Right? It's amazing um, today how much the media in all forms can crush people. They can speak a lie and it goes out there and nobody ever hears the retraction or the correction. You know? Like all those Enron executives that got sent to jail, they were all exonerated. (laughs) Nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. See, we have to understand the same things being done to Christianity. You know, people are painting Christianity as something that it's not. And I feel like a lot of times we're sitting back being nice people, but not having a firm ability to say, well, this is what I believe. This is why I believe it. I've had to do that a few times over the past few months. And, you know, whatever. Call me crazy. Call me stupid. I don't care. Because it's me and God. Right? I care what he thinks. You know, because you can't get me into heaven. So I'm cool with you. Um, when great hurt happens, this is definitely the experience. But the great thing is, God knew Job could handle it. That's why he picked Job. I heard somebody say something about, oh, well, you know, that was just wrong for God to do that to Job. God made Job. Job, you're going to be an object lesson for the rest of humanity. Right? That's the Bible. It's awesome. It really is. I mean, it just really tells you things. And there is every single one of you have a person in the Bible that you could look at and say, hey, that's me. You know, that's why God wrote it. Such a fantastic thing that was put together to allow us to see the full play out of humanity. Look at us. We're just repeating history again. We're just repeating history again. I bet you most college-age kids probably don't know anything about how many hundreds of millions of people died in this century because of Marxism, communism, fascism, and socialism. They have no clue. Nobody's teaching it, and they're not going to look for it. We all have to know a little bit about something so we can teach it. History is repeating itself, folks. But don't let it repeat itself for Christians. Right? Right? Know your Bible. Know Jesus, whom we just celebrated his birth. Now every day celebrate his resurrected life. Like there's no gap between now and Easter. (laughs) Because we've got it all. Um. Pain will help you grow or it will defeat you. And entails forgiveness, letting go, moving forward. Um, Pain is a necessary evil. Let us know when we need to maybe go to the doctor and get something checked out. You know, it helps us push the boundaries and limitations of whatever we're doing, whether it's a job, a sport, anything. 
How many of you have pushed beyond where you thought you could go to achieve something? Because God equipped us like that. He equipped us to struggle and to grow and to learn. You know, I'll be mad about it. It's just life. It's just life. You know, not of us all, not all of us, you know, had a silver spoon. Not all of us had a completely incident-free childhood. You know, not all of us had. The, but you know what? We all have Jesus. Amen. You know, he's been correcting so much stuff mentally for me, bringing some stuff back to me, memories that I had lost, bringing my childhood back to me, allowing me to see myself then so I can understand myself now, so I can stop doing some of the things that are um, hurting my life. You know, that's what God does for you. Just don't shut him out. Don't, don't, don't keep that, those three or four packages that you love, that you carry everywhere. My wife's not here today, so I'm going to say something about her. We got stuff in the storage. And I'm like, babe, what are you going to do with that? It was my grandmother's. Just leave it alone. Okay, okay. You know, but we, we carry stuff around for no, you know, there's faint purpose, but, I mean, we can't use it. You know, it's just there. It's a memory. Attach a why to it. Let it go. Because it complicates my life. <laughs> but we complicate our lives with stuff, with things. With I mean, there's so much going on. Our lives are so much more complicated, I think, than they could be. And I think sitting at the feet of Jesus every day, spending some time reading about him, I think we'll find some clarity and some peace. And we'll be able to filter through all the garbage to find truth. We need to speak truth to each other and the people we know. And a gracious truth. You know, don't throw your pearls swine. They'll just trample them. You know, let's become more thoughtful, church. Let's become more desirous of having an incredible relationship with Jesus. So we know him. He knows us. And we know each other. And we build a strong community. How many people are not going to come back to church after this is all over? Uh, it's unfortunate and saddens me to think that there's people out there that think they don't need church. They can sit in their front of their TV and watch uh, Jeffers or whoever's out there preaching, and they're good. If you don't need fellowship, I like watching a lot of YouTube videos with animals, tigers and leopards and, you know, snatching up some poor little animal and eating it. It's a circle of life, Grace. It's a circle of life. But what's <laughs> that's what's going to happen to us if we're not with the herd. We don't have to have a herd mentality, you know, but we need to be with the family. It's reasonable. Pray. Pray for the people that you know aren't here and call them. Let them know we're having church. Call them. Let them know we're having church. And we miss them. That's all you got to say. We miss them. 
Am I doing okay, Pastor? Okay. <laughs> yeah. well, I know he's got things to do this afternoon. So. <laughs> oh, man, I just killed him. Larry Allen, it's my time. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just killed all thought that I had running through my head. When in doubt, go back to your slides. That's about the old ways not working. And um, Jesus can repair every single thing that doesn't work in your life. You have to work with him. He's not going to do it for you. Just like as a parent, you don't do it for your kids. You teach them how to do it so they don't come back bothering you no more. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus can fix anything if you spend some time talking to him and getting to know him. Your scripture is primary for that. It's primary for that. And then, uh, you know, Peter, you know, he went right on back to his old life. Man, whatever. That was a nice little episode. Three years of my life gone. I'm just going to go back here and do some fishing. And Jesus shows up and fixes that, right? Yeah. Get, get rid of your stinking thinking, pal. That old way's not working. I got a new job for you. I got a new purpose for you. I got a new future for you. He's got that for all of us. All of us. Get excited about that. Get excited about Jesus. You know, I, I don't care what secularism has done to Christmas. Christmas is right here because I got a great gift from the Lord. Right? Christmas is a birth of a new life in Christ for me and for you and for all of us. So let's get excited about that. Let's look at it from a different perspective. I believe the harvest is ripe. There are so many people out there in your circle of influence that if you're super nice to them and you start thinking about them and you start calling them and you start acting like you care about them, their lives might open up to you and Jesus might have planted a seed in their soul and he just needs you to come along and water it. You know, that's the way I think. You know, that's simple. If I improve myself, have a better relationship with the Lord, be more informed, be more understanding, be more thoughtful, the world starts to change around me. People start to change around me. This is true. I've done it. I've done it at work. People change. Everybody needs a compliment. Be, be lavish. And truthful. <laughs> but just give somebody a compliment. You see somebody change their hair color. But you got to notice that. And I believe God gives you self-awareness. People that don't have self-awareness, I just don't see how they can communicate spiritually with the Lord. Because he reveals to us who we are, what we are, and how we are. Changes our behavior. Like Peter says, we grow. In righteousness, we grow in, in good works. We grow in character with that relationship with the Lord. If that's not happening, you're stagnant. You're not growing. Relationship with the Lord. Reading your Bible. 
I, I don't like that they're, the Bible's trying to become irrelevant. Church is trying to become irrelevant. That's just heresy. I'm sorry. That's just wrong. I don't, I don't see how you get to know anything about the Lord if you're not spending any time. Hmm? Oh, okay. I'm tired now. We complicate things. God simplifies things, right? Clarity. Um, we'll go down to purpose. Why am I here? Priorities. What is most important? Values. How will I live? Answers. Seek first the kingdom of God. Love God with all your heart. Trust God. That's it. In this time of reset, solidify your relationship with the Lord. Get remarried to God. You know? Get remarried to God. Because He'll speak so many wonderful things into your heart and your mind, and He will change you for some of us change is harder than others don't compare yourself to other people okay i was notorious for that oh man if i had done this this and that and made that decision i would be no you won't you're exactly where god called you to be right and he'll keep doing the little corrections give me some bug fixes patching me up ah you know <laughs> making sure i'm okay right Because we're all okay. God loves us. Right? Jesus gave us the most wonderful gift. We need to be happy people. Because I know one thing. COVID, whatever, Ebola. I'm not going to die one second before God has allotted that time to be. So why should I worry about it? If you're a believer. If you're a believer. You need to think about some of the things that God tells you. And rest in them. Get rid of that anxiety. Get rid of that worry. You know, he tells us that in the scripture. Just read what Jesus said. Get out your Bibles this next couple weeks and read the red letters. You know, what about the sparrows? Right? Come on. Let's lighten up a little bit. Lighten up and love the Lord. Let let the world do what the world's doing. Because it's going to do it. There's nothing new under the sun. These idiots still think they can find paradise down here. Stop playing. <laughs> okay. I love you, church. Thank you for putting up with me. Um, I'm going to pray for you. Let you get out of here. Man, got 10 more minutes. See, if this was a Baptist church, I would have got an hour and a half. Heavenly Father God, I praise you today. I thank you so much. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for this great church family that has just uh, been such a great uh, um, force in my life. And, and, and the people that just just love us, Lord. Help us to connect with each other. Help us to take this reset. Help us to take this new year in 2021 by the horns. And, and, and get away from fear. And get away from anxiety and depression. Life's going to move forward for us, Lord God. You're going to be at the front, and we are going to 
Ride your wave, Lord God, as you, as you continue to grow this country. And we're going to look to save more souls. Look to touch your friends. Look to touch your neighbors. Look to be the nicest, decent Christian you know. And let's build up the name of the Lord. And let's be proud that we serve Jesus. Praise and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.